So this evening our topic is taming our tongue. So I'll ask you a question this evening. Have you ever heard the phrase, Hodjahwisht? <laughs> Hands up, have you ever said the phrase, Hodjahwisht? <laughs> Children, have you ever been told to Hodjahwisht? <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> what about think twice before you speak? <laughs> and this is one I found as well, a long-term shock. A long tongue shortens friendships. I thought that was quite a good one as well. So, as a human race, we've all got a tongue, but we can do lots of things with our tongue, both good and bad. As a human race, we generally love to talk. As I was looking at this study here, I came across a week of the, I'm not quite sure if it was a fact or a statement. It was out of a book called The Female Brain. And it says in this source that women use, women use 20,000 words per day and men use 7,000 words per day. And I'm sure the men in the room will agree with that and the women might debate it a little bit. But another source says that um, women, again, use about 20,000 words and men between 10 and 20,000 words. It's not quite making such a stark distinction. But for both males and females, we use roughly an average 500 to 700 useful words a day. Because a lot of times we can say things that aren't useful or productive. So obviously whatever comes out of our mouth, whether we're male or we're female, can have a very profound impact on other people. And our tongues can cause a lot of damage. When we think about our tongues, if we look at the Bible, the Bible's got a lot to say about the tongue that we have in our mouth. The book of James is where we're more or less concentrate in tonight, but if you look in the Proverbs, there's lots and lots of Proverbs about our tongue. A wee slide here just giving us some insight into the tongue in the Bible. So the Bible mentions many types of tongue. We've got a flattering tongue, a proud tongue, a lying tongue, a deceitful tongue, a perverted tongue. We've got a wholesome tongue, a wise and a health-promoting tongue. We've also got a destructive tongue, and a tongue that can cause trouble and iniquity. But you also get a gentle tongue, but then in the, the back of that you get a backbiting tongue. So see even just through that short list there of many, many different types of tongue, there's good and there's bad there. But as we sit down and we look at that list, I wonder if we can see yourself at any point doing any of those things, whether good or bad. So it's no wonder that that thing in our mouth, it's got a guard, these things called teeth and lips to, to keep it in there. I'm just going to look at one scripture verse quickly before we then jump into the book of James. And it's out of the book of Matthew. And it's Matthew chapter 12. If you want to turn to it or not, I can just read it out. It's Matthew 12, 34 to 37. So Matthew 12, 34 to 37. And Jesus tells us that we will be justified by our speech or condemned by our speech in that verse. So in verse 34 of chapter 12 it says... Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word that men speak, they will give account for it in the day of judgment. By your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. So we see there that Jesus said we'll be condemned by our speech, there's good and there's bad. 
And we see what his basal says, if you're good in heart, then you're going to generally speak forth good things. And we'll continue that thought through a shorter study tonight. So from that point, I'd like to flip to the book of James, please. The book of James in chapter 3. So we go to the book of James chapter 3 and we'll just start from verse 2. Which says, for we stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how, a forest, see how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst our members that it defiles the whole body. And it sets in fire the course of nature. It is set in fire by hell itself. Every kind of beast and bird, reptile, creature of the sea is tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God our Father and we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, this not ought to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So here James is speaking quite profoundly about the tongue, speaking quite harshly, as James does, laying it down in black and white. And he's given us an insight into that thing in our mouths called our tongue. So why is our tongue important? Why are we focusing on it this morning? And it's basically because our tongue reflects our Christian character. We can be built up with our tongue, or we can be destroyed with our tongue, and we can do the same to other people. So we're coming at this from the angle of, as a believer, we're given a new nature in God. So our new nature should have a new tongue as well. Our speech should be changed in line with the new nature which we do have. As a Christian, we should speak differently from Joe blogs out in the street that doesn't know God. So our tongue should reflect the new nature which we do have. The kind of lingo and the vernacular of this world shouldn't be seen coming out of our gobs. So in a word, what we say reflects the condition of our heart. And our mouths become that walking advert for being a Christian. What is a Christian like? We are God's representative. What are we representing with the words that we say? So people can look at us and they can see what we stand for and what we don't stand for. And they can actually read our character and see whether we are the real deal or not. So the last part of that verse I read in Matthew 12 said in verse 34, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So the condition of our heart is going to determine the actual content of our words. Our tongues are that instant reflection of what's going on inside of us. It's very, very easy to sin with your tongue. It's always there, and it's always wanting to flap and say something. Have you ever seen it come out with something you thought, why did I say that? It's as if our tongue bypasses our brain. We don't engage our head first before the tongue says something. And that's why we do need to be so careful with our mouths and what we, what we say. So looking at James at verse 2 of chapter 3, it says, We all stumble in many things. 
If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So James is saying we will all stumble, we'll all have a lapse, we'll have a kind of moral failure in some shape or form, and the tongue is one of the areas where we can make that failure. But James is saying here, if, if we can control our mouths, we will be a perfect man, a perfect person. Not perfect as in you're never going to sin, but that word perfect in the kind of original language more speaks of mature or healthy. If you control your tongue, speak the right way, you're a mature person, you're a spiritually healthy person. So if we can manage to control our tongue, he's saying you can manage to control the rest of your body, the rest of your life. Your tongue guides what we're doing, what we're saying, how we can interact with people. And it eventually comes out in our behaviour as well. So the fast thing, the fast thing in our mouth, control the fast thing, and the slower parts of our body will come under, under control of that as well. So you tame this wild beast, and the rest of the beast comes in line with it too. So have you ever been unwell? Hands up if you've visited a doctor. The traditional thing, go to the doctor, 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 I'm not feeling well. What's the first thing a doctor might say to you? Stick your tongue out. Stick your tongue out. Okay, stick your tongue out. Stick your tongue out and say... Ah. Okay. So, stick your tongue out and say ah. That is one way the doctor can have a look at us and see how well we are. It's a bit of a glimpse into our our physical health. I wonder if, if we looked at our tongues, if it showed our spiritual heart and our spiritual health, what we would see. If God came down with a special stick and said, stick out your tongue, and it was that window into your inside, what would he see? I don't want to answer that one either. Would he say, you're in good shape? Or would he say, oh, you're really not that well at all. There's some things we need to work on here. So, do you have your tongue under control? Hard question. Titus 2 talks about having sound, Titus 2 verse 8, it says having sound speech that cannot be condemned. Having sound speech that cannot be condemned. Saying the right things, not being nasty or backbiting. Having sound speech that nobody can say, I can't believe you're saying that, I can't believe that's the attitude you've got. We're saying the right things with the correct manner. That's the kind of type of person that we should be aiming to be. But our tongue is that mirror into our heart. So tonight we're going to have a wee bit of a Check up, from the, check up from the neck up. We're going to look at our tongue and what that says about us. So there's power in words, isn't there? Have you ever been hurt by something that somebody said to you? Words are powerful and they can cause great emotion in us. Great happiness or great sadness. The old saying goes, sticks and stones will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. But at the end of the day, that is baloney. Because... Our bodies can heal quicker than our hearts can. So that saying is completely wrong. We've got a verse in Psalm 64, verse 3, and it talks about enemies and the speech of enemies in Psalm 64. It says that they sharpen their tongue like a sword. They bend their bows to shoot their arrows. Bitter words. So they sharpen their tongue like a sword. So each and every one of us, we've got a concealed weapon inside our mouth, and it's a sharp sword that we can use against other people. Have you ever stabbed with your tongue, sliced and diced somebody with your tongue? We'll all have done it at some point or another, whether it's recently or in the past. So we need to be careful. And the book of James warns us about our tongue, about how careful we need to be with it. 
And we can think of this wee monster in our mouth, guarded in this red cave with the, the eye of the gates, the white teeth to keep it in there. As I said before, there's a reason for that, because we can totally use our tongues in the wrong way. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. With our tongues, with our mouths, we can speak death or we can speak life. We can build people up, we can encourage people, we can share the scriptures with people, we can help them and give them all the comfort and the guidance that we can pour out into their lives. Or, we can speak death, we can curse, we can slag off, we can push people down and cause those bad emotions in people. So we've got a choice what way we're going to go with our mouths. Our study was in, is building character, character under construction. So our tongues are one of the areas that we can build our godly Christian character. And we think about that, you know, character is what God, who God knows us to be. And reputation is what other people see in us. And with our tongues, quite easily we can rate our reputation. We can have hot words with somebody and that person thinks that's, that's that person's scrubbed. They believe this thing, they're saying this, and then they speak to me like that. No, that's them. We can ruin our reputations very, very quickly. But our character before God is really what's the important thing. To be seen in God's eyes as having the character after him. But the only one that can bring ourselves closer to God in character, and also to build a reputation up amongst other people is ourself. Nobody else has got control of your tongue. That's down to you. And what we'll also see is it's down to God as well. So, our mouth is a monitor of our spiritual condition. And it's a warning system if we take note of our tongue. If we actually think to the conversations that we've had, the things that we've said and we've regretted, if we actually are consciously aware of what we say and pinpoint and think, that was wrong, we can then acknowledge it, confess it, and next time about, do something about it with God's help. So, products of the tongue. There's many products of our tongue here. Think of the Corinthian church. If you want to turn to 2 Corinthians 12.20. 2 Corinthians 12.20. And it says, For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you as I wish. Lest there be contentions, jealousies, Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbitings, whisperings, conceits and tumults. All these things that can happen in your mouth, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, backbitings, whisperings, deceits, they're all products of your tongue. Burst in the heart and they come out of the tongue. We need to prevent ourselves from being that type of person. And we eventually need to protect ourselves from eroding our godly character. So we need to guard our mouths. David says in Psalm 39.1, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. So our mouths are this kind of chief agent of sin in our bodies. And David understood that and he guarded himself against it. And we need to exercise restraint in our lives as well. It's easy to get hot-headed. It's easy to get angry, but how do you let your tongue engage in that situation? Do we whiplash somebody with our tongue, or do we take that restraint and take the step back, seek God's help to calm us down and deal with things in an appropriate way? 
As believers, we're called to be different in how we react with people. We're set apart. People, Christians, set apart for God. We need to set our tongues and our mouths apart for Him as well. The book of Colossians 4 6 tells us, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. Meaning that in everyday conversations, we need to have the right attitudes, the right heart, and have the right words to say to people. Let your speech be seasoned with grace. We like to receive grace for ourselves. Let's show that back to other people. Grace seasoned with salt. Doesn't mean that we can't tell people the truth, but you can tell people the truth in a graceful manner. And that is very, very important. There's no point going up to somebody and saying, can I have a word with you in love, and then being harsh with them, and being unloving with them. Words need to have meaning behind them as well. So let your speech be great. Always be with grace and seasoned with salt. We need to be the salt and we need to be the light. It's the two things in combination. So our tongues have got this powerful effect. And as we try to shape our character to be moulded and contoured and shaped into God's image, to be more Christ-like in our walk, our tongues do have a very big part to play in that. And James 3 gives us a few examples which we'll look at. If you look at verse 3, it's our first example. And it shows us that our tongue shapes our direction. Our tongue will shape our direction. Verse 3 talks about a horse. And it says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. So you can have this great big horse, a big stallion, and you put a wee tiny jockey on top of it to race that horse and that jockey can get that horse going wherever he wants it. And that's because there's something strategically placed over the horse's tongue. And it's con- connected to the reins. And that jockey has got full control over where that horse is going to go. By controlling the horse's tongue, all of its movements are controlled as well. Everything else comes into line. Likewise, in our lives, our tongue controls the direction of our life as well. A few positive good words or a well thought out conversation can greatly influence our life or the life of somebody else and set us or somebody else down on the right track. But likewise, a poorly thought out thought or conversation or bit of advice to somebody can set them off in a direction that's going against God because we are not being controlled properly ourselves. So our tongue is very important. Verse 4, it also says, James says, consider a ship. It says, look also at ships. Although they are so large and they are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. It's a huge, colossal, heavy ship carrying hundreds of cargo, hundreds of people. It's in the water, big waves, and the ocean, and the wind, and the sea, and all these things going against the ship. Yet, the thing that's controlling that ship is direction. Is that small rudder at the back. Our tongues are the rudders in our ship. Our tongues are the rudder for our life. Just as the captain steers that ship using the rudder, our tongues have got the ability to control and steer us as well. Power applied in the right place is driving the whole vessel. The power that's applied from our tongue can drive our whole vessel as well. But we do need to ask ourselves, Whose power? It's not our power that should be in control but the Lord's. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to take control. 
Let the, our sails go up and catch the Spirit and be driven forward with His wind in the direction that He wants to take us. A lot of times we are driven by our own hot air and that's not right. It needs to be the Holy Spirit, that windy God that catches our sail and takes us in His direction. So if we're headed in the wrong direction in our lives, if there's something that's not right, we need to ask ourselves, you know, why am I going in this direction? And we need to look at our rudder, look at our speech, what we're talking about, what we're saying, how we're interacting with people, and change, change how we're doing that, change the set of our turn, and catch the spirit, and let him drive us down in the correct course. We need to let our master pilot take over. We'll think of a story here about a man who decides to join a monastery. So he's signed up for a three-year probation period, but it's one of these strict monasteries he's not allowed to speak. But he gets a review every year, once every year, and he's allowed to say two words. So he signs up, he's going through his first probation year, meets with the head priest. The head priest speaks, talks to him things, and he says, you're two words. And he says, bed hard. Okay, so they change his bed. Year two, it comes to the end. He gets a chance to say his two words. Feet cold. So he gets a pair of socks and things like that, whatever he needs. The end of the third year, the head priest turns up. Okay, what's your two words? And he says, I quit. <laughs> and the head priest says, no wonder you've done nothing but complain since the moment you joined this monastery. <laughs> and I think that wee story is quite true. That Sometimes you don't even need to say a lot, but what you say sets your whole mindset. He had three years of misery because his mindset was set in the wrong way. He was supposed to be there serving. He was supposed to be there humbling himself to have nothing, to sacrifice himself. But he went through those three years with his tongue set in the wrong direction. And that set his emotions and his heart in the wrong way as well. How often do our lives get steered down the paths of lying, gossip, backbiting, slander, negative talk? which affects us and our emotions and gets us down, we need to think about what this thing in our mouth is doing and set it in the correct direction because it will affect us and it will affect other people as well. The Spirit of God needs to be our pilot. He needs to be the one that's controlling that rudder. He needs to be the one that's holding the reins like the horse. We need to humble ourselves and give him the permission to do that. Take our hands off and let God take control. As we get to another point that James is making here, so your tongue sets your direction, but your tongue can also destroy a life as well. So look at verse 5 of James, chapter 3. <clears throat> it says, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. James brings us to our mind this large, big forest here, the big, tall, majestic trees. Imagine the scene, all these trees for miles and miles and miles, but some of them burn to the ground. A big massive forest fire turns up here. A charred mess is left behind, no life at all. What can cause that? One tiny, tiny little spark, and boom! It's a big blaze, it's danger, it's causing death, and it's causing a mess. A few hot words out of our mouths can cause a great big mess and a lot of charred nonsense behind that can hurt and that can kill life as well. Now, 
There's lots of forest fires that have happened across the world. A lot have been accidents. Maybe there's been a camper and they've maybe not stamped out a fire. Or they've been careless by a match and all of a sudden, whoomph. We need to be careful. Deliberately thinking about all the things that we say, particularly with the people round about us, to make sure that we're not going to cause this kind of forest fire in somebody else's life here. We've got the power to destroy with our mouths. We can cause a big fire. But what we can do is we can drop the match and then we can walk away and we'll leave somebody else with a charred mess behind and we walk on quite happily, not caring about what we've done. That can happen when our heart isn't right. So we need to, again, allow God to be in control, to work in our hearts and to work in our tongues as well. Fire is one of these kind of amazing things. It's got the power to multiply and spread and spread. Gossip. One wee statement and it multiplies and spreads and spreads and it causes unending damage in lives. So our tongues can be a tool of the enemy. We need to be careful of that. The book of James says our mouths can be a world of iniquity. A world of iniquity, a cosmos, a whole different sphere of evilness can come out of our mouths. That's what they can cause. We need to be careful of that. Our tongues don't want to behave. Our tongues want to prattle and tittle-tattle and move about and say these bad things. That's why we need to guard them. That's why we need to be careful of them and consciously be aware of what we're saying. We don't want to burn anyone else. In verse 7 it says, Every kind of beast and bird, reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So we can tame all the, the animals and things of the earth, but we can't tame our tongue. But think of that statement. Go back to the book of Genesis. God gave man dominion over the animals and the created beings of the earth. He's given us the ability to take dominion over them. We can play a flute and charm a snake. We can get a, I don't know, we can get a monkey to juggle. We can tame a lion, be able to put our heads in a lion's mouth without getting our heads chopped off. There's many things and circuses that we can do with animals. We can get them to perform tricks. We can tame them and bring them under our control. Why can we not control this thing here? This tongue that's in our head. Why can we not always control that? James says it's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Can he speak or can he snake venom? If you think about what our tongue can do, we can instantly stab someone with venom. There can be a quick venom, totally cuts them to the heart. Or it can be a slower release. We can say things that just erode, cut away, erode and cut away and slice little by little into people's life to bring them down low. That is the power that we have in our tongues and we need to be aware of it. That's why we need to try and restrict our mouth. But James says that no man can tame the tongue. We don't have the power to be fully in charge of our mouths at all. No human can, but God is no human. He has the power over all things. God, the Spirit of God, is more than ample for that task. He can help us tame our tongues by his power, but we need to be humble and we need to submit to him and ask him to do it. If you think of Pentecost, day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit came and it appeared as fire of what above the heads? Tongues of fire. When that happened, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. It says they spoke of the wonderful things of God. 
when you're filled with God, you'll speak wonderful things, good things, positive things. That's what we need to seek in our lives as well. Be full of the Spirit, and then the good things will come gushing forth. So the tongue, God's Spirit, we need to have both of them in our lives. You ever heard the phrase having a forked tongue? That person got a forked tongue then. So they'll cut you down one minute and then speak good things the next. And I kind of thought, you know, a forked tongue kind of fits into this. We also think a hypocrite. Saying one thing, doing another. Verse 9 and 10 of James says, By it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. You curse people, you bless other people, you go to church on a Sunday morning, it's hands up praising God, then you get into the car and somebody cuts up and you're swearing and shouting, giving them hand gestures. You know, the two things ought not to be. You go to church on a Sunday, but during the week at work, it's a completely different story. You don't look like a Christian, you don't talk like a Christian. It ought not to be. James, is that black and white? That's wrong. Think about it. Think about how you're acting in your lives. Don't be hypocritical there. And it's quite easy for that change to take place if we're not careful with it. We need to be constantly thinking about what's coming out of our mouths and what attitude is coming out of our mouth as well. The problem is that what's in the well of our heart, what's in this well here, comes out the spout. What's in the well will come out the spout. And in verse 11 and 12 of James says, There's a spring sent forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? It's a heart issue. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, we're told in Matthew. What is in our well? What is in here? What is in here ready to gush out? William, I think, looked at the study in the heart the heart and how important that is so we can go back and we can look at that and get the kind of encouragements and the, the teaching behind that as well. We've got to look at our heart because it will come out in our mouth as well. So our tongue and its speech will direct our tongue and our speech will affect how we are interacting with other people. We can cut people down, we can build people up, we've got to be careful what we're doing with our mouths. How does our mouth act? It's up to us to keep it in our minds and think about what our mouth is saying and how it acts. And as we think of our heart being the well and our mouth being the spout, a lot of times we think of our spout, we try, you know, if it's a, a physical water pump, we'll be painting the spout and making it look nice, but we forget in the well it's all manky water. That looks lovely, that looks fine, but then you go and something happens and you pump out the water and all this filth comes forth. There's no point in our lives kind of whitewashing outside, trying to look to be the good, lovely Christians and doing all the right things, and inside there's filth, there's dirt. We need to let the Holy Spirit clean us from the inside out. Think of the liquid bottle. Fill the liquid bottle. Putting it under the tap and rinsing out a the liquid bottle. What happens? Bubbles. <laughs> lots and lots of bubbles. <laughs> so you'll think you've got that you think you've got that container empty, then you'll fill it up with water again, what happens? More bubbles. Our old nature, our new nature, God comes with the Holy Spirit, the living water flushes out our fairy liquid container. <laughs> but sometimes there's those bubbles remaining. And that's the the kind of things that we're holding on to in our old man. 
or we've let back in interbeing. And it's those things we hold on to that we need to submit to God and let him wash out. Because if we retain them inside, eventually what's in our heart will come out our mouth. What's in the well will come out the spout. So again, ask God and his Holy Spirit to come and to fill us and to cleanse us from the inside out. That continual cleansing. Eventually, if you get that fairy liquid bottle and you constantly run it under water, at one point there's going to be no more bubbles because you've got rid of all the old stuff inside. That is the picture of the Christian life. We need to be constantly submitted to God, constantly allowing the Holy Spirit to wash us, to come in and cleanse us, the living water to come in and cleanse our being. So, tongue control is an important issue. It affects our reputation, one another, but also our godly character. Our character being the main thing. Our tongues can build us up, or it can destroy our reputation and our character. We can't control our tongue fully. We need to give our tongues over to God, ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to guard our mouths, to say the right things at the right time, and to stop us saying the wrong things at the wrong time as well. It takes a lot of grace, and it takes the power of the Holy Spirit for us to be in a situation where we hear gossip, when we hear slander, when we hear people being sliced with another, another person's tongue for us to stand back and say I'm not having anything to do with that human nature as we go in and we listen and we end up talking about it as well and then we'll repeat it to somebody else and before we know it that forest fire is up ablaze somebody's life is being affected negatively we're cutting them with our tongues it doesn't do them any good and it doesn't do us any good either we need to ask for the spirit of God to control us and to move us on in the correct way. Just as we finish here, you know, I think they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Many churches will say, you know you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit if you can speak with tongues. That's your evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can speak in tongues. We know that's one evidence. You don't need to have that. But how much more of an evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God is if you can control the actual tongue that you have? your original language if you can do that all the time is that not a stronger evidence of being a man or a woman filled with the power of God so just as we close we'll just think of Psalm 141 verse 3 and it says set a guard over my mouth O Lord keep watch over the door of my lips we can make that our daily prayer set a guard over my mouth O Lord Lord, do it. I can't do it. God, set the guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let me open my mouth and use my tongue when it is appropriate to do so. But if not, let me bite it and hold those things back. Let's ensure that our reputation, our character isn't damaged by failing to control and tame our tongue. Humble yourself before God. Submit your heart and your tongue to him and ask him to come in and fill you by his Holy Spirit. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening, Lord, as we look into this topic of our tongue, we recognise this tonight, Father God, that there's power in our tongue, Father. We can build people up or we can cut them down, Lord. We can speak life and wholeness, or we can speak death and damage into people's lives. Father, we submit ourselves to you this evening, Lord. We give you our hearts, we give you our tongues, we give you our whole being, Lord. We give you control, Father God, to, to fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, to take control of all our faculties, our tongues included. 
last year this evening, Lord, to set that guard over our mouths, for us to constantly seek you in all situations, in all conversations, in all areas where we are interacting with one another. Help us, Lord, to speak forth good, wholesome things into people's lives, to speak with grace, seasoned with a bit of salt, Father God. Help us, Lord, to have speech that's pleasing to you, that our reputation, our character can be built up in your name, Lord, that we can walk having good godly conduct and good godly speech, Father. Father God, we ask for your forgiveness for we have cut and we have diced people with our mouths. We pray, Father God, that you would do the healing in those situations, Lord, and that you would repair any damage that's there. Help us, Lord, not to get pulled down the, the dangerous path of gossip and slander and backbiting, Father. Lord, we ask you to, to plant these messages deep within our hearts, Lord, and just bring them to our mind where, where we may be compromised in our speech and in conversation, Lord. We thank you that you are amongst us this evening, Lord, and we thank you for your holy word. We just ask you to bless it to, to us, Lord, and help us put it into practice this coming week. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.